Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everyone, to episode number five of the Deep Drive in the Left Field podcast. My name is Jack, otherwise known as Ebelby Nerds on Instagram, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Garcia, otherwise known as Ryan Garcia ESM on Twitter. Today, we're going through a few things, uh, including the two uh, biggest uh, acquisitions recently with the Trevor Bauer uh, signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers, Marcelo Zuna resigning with the Atlanta Braves, and then we also have a trade candidate that we think could really benefit from a potential uh, shift in Major League Baseball, I don't know if you want to call it rules or uh, regulations. We're going to be doing our uh, trivia and also our, all of us, including uh, Jackson and James, who are the producers of this podcast, we're going to be doing our right field lists. So uh, let's get it. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Starting off today's podcast, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers signing Trevor Bauer to a three or two year. Technically, it's a, it's a three year deal. The third year is a uh, player option worth $17 million, but the cumulative deal is worth uh, two years, $85 million with a club option worth $17 million at the end. Um, Bauer is almost certainly to decline that option if he pitches, you know, remotely solid over the next two years, uh, in which he'll be making $85 million, 40 in 2021 and 45 in 2022. I think Ryan and I have pretty similar thoughts on the deal, though. I might be a bit more, I don't, I don't actually, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but I would think that we have pretty similar thoughts. So I'll just uh, kick us off real quick. I think this is a very it's a weird signing for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are not known to overpay for people. And regardless if this is a two-year deal, it is absolutely an overpay. Giving a player like Trevor Bauer, who outside of 2020 and 2018 has been a pretty mediocre pitcher, uh, like $45 million, it's really not great. Obviously, we're not going to completely ignore 2020 and 2018. He's definitely an above-average pitcher. He's very good, don't get me wrong. I don't want to call him like I don't want to say he's bad, even though I dislike him heavily. Uh, you could say I hate him. I don't want to say that, but I don't like. I definitely don't like him. Uh, but uh, he, he's not an elite pitcher by any means, and he's not going to be worth 40 to $45 million in a yearly basis, even if it's only for two years. Uh, I would assume the Dodgers do this just because they don't really give a flying fuck about the luxury tax, and they missed out on stars like Harper on short-term deals, so they figured they'd give it to uh, Bauer. I don't like the move personally. I think they were probably better off and not re-signing Turner because they might not re-sign Turner at this point, which would make their team you know, worse, just given that Turner is definitely a significantly better player than Trevor Bauer. And uh, they let go of guys like Jack Peterson, who didn't really have much of a place on the team just because they have A.J. Pollock and other outfield depth. Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't like the signing. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Well, actually, I, I think I'm a little bit uh, more uh, lenient towards the Dodger on this because it's an AAV uh, towards the luxury tax of $34 million. And here's the thing. Like you said, the Dodgers don't care about the luxury tax. That's one big thing. Two, I, in 2019, uh, I'm pretty sure Bauer pitched hurt. Uh, so I don't know if I should take that too much of a, I don't know if I should take 2019 and say he's bad and he's not going to perform well. I think there's enough uh, on his spin rate because he's uh, eating a more balanced breakfast. That's what I'll call it. Um, he's going to be able to maintain that spin rate, the velocity. He's going to probably still be as good as he, not as good as he was in 2018 and 2020, because those he overperformed a lot in 2018. His home runs so fly ball percentage is really low. Uh, and then in 2020, his uh, composition wasn't that great. But if he's around a three ERA starter and he has uh, durability, which he's always been, he's always been able to pitch um, quite a lot of innings, then at that point, he's going to be worth $34 million, most likely, which is what the AAV is towards the luxury tax, which all the Dodgers cares, care about. That's why they gave him that option. Both parties know he's probably declining it. And so they really just threw it in there just to lower the uh, AAV. And I'm pretty sure uh, Babber was on par with that. He wants to hit free agency at some point. I think he's going to be able to perform well enough to uh, be able to decline that option. I, I think basically you're going to be able to gauge this contract and how well it was if he declines or accepts the offer. If he declines the offer, this was a massive success, and the Dodgers did amazing. If he picks up the offer, the Dodgers are in, just in an awful situation with his contract. It all, both parties want him to decline that contract, uh, that, that third year. It gets really bad if he picks up that third year because then – that means he's not good enough to make the money he would have made his option year. But I, I, I'm a little more, I like this move a little bit more for the Dodgers than you. And I think it's just because of the AAV for the luxury tax and the fact that I think he's going to be still a pretty good starter. Uh, I'm pretty sure James put him in his top 10. And while I didn't put him top 10, I definitely considered him for that. So I do think, you know, for a top 15 starter, uh, it's a little bit much, but hey, he can move up the rankings. And I, I, I do like this move 
kind of. I give them a B plus on it, not really like an, a C or an F. Well, if we're talking about injuries, and if you're saying, you know, you know, he pitched through 2019 injuries, then we should, you know, not count it or we should count it less. Um, then why are we not talking about James Paxton, who's been injured, uh, but even pitching through some injuries in 2019, uh, 2018, since 2017, he's been spectacular. He's been fantastic. And he's going to, you know, get like fucking a year at this point, I would guess around $15 million, which is, I think, significantly better contractual value than what Bauer's getting. Why are we not considering, you know, him as a potential better candidate to knock down sort of what this Bauer deal is? Because at the end of the day, deals are dictated by the market. And though, uh, though, you know, you can't just like look at a deal uh, by itself and say it's good or bad. You have to look at the other market value, uh, the market value, look at other options. So for a guy like James Paxton, who is going to be $30 million cheaper, maybe a bit less, like 25, uh, who's also at injury issues, but, uh, at, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm just, I, I just think it's not a good deal. I'd give it probably like a C, C minus just because of the options available. I wouldn't give it an F just because Bauer can be very good. But I, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, I, I think there are much better options. Well, the thing is with Paxton, that's not a, at all a fair comparison. One guy got injured in 2019. The other guy got injured in 2020. And Paxton has been rumored to have lost velocity. Um, there was, an, I think there was an interview with one of the, uh, one, with like an, one of these insiders, I think it's like called clap or something like that. I don't know his full name. I think like clap, Bob yeah. clap. Bob yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said that the Yankees didn't want to bring, are not likely to bring back Paxton due to concerns with his injury history. If the Yankees are concerned with injury history, that tells you all you need to know about what's going on with Paxton. They probably know the most about Paxton. And there's definitely a lot of information to support the idea that Paxton is not going to be as good as he was before. Bauer, there's not that same thing. It's a completely different injury situation. Bauer showed up and showed out in 2020. I don't know. I would give. I would have given Degrom or Darvish a sign over him, but he's still fantastic in 2020. And the the Dodgers know they're very analytical. Um, Bauer has obviously done something to increase his spin rate drastically, I and if what. he maintains it, you know, it was a it was a balanced diet, balanced um, breakfast. You know, he does great training. Great, yeah, you know, weight training for sure. You know, yeah, sure, yeah, no. I, I know he's been crushing those five by fives, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's like dragging the truck. And he's like, yep. thank you, one of his videos, he's dragging yes, the truck. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's all good. But I think it's two completely different injuries. You're comparing apples to oranges here. This is not the same time. This is Paxton's more of a Kluber situation. Bauer's more of a, yeah, he pitched. He's more of a, I got, I pitched to injury in 2019, but in 2020, I was perfectly healthy and fantastic. And the Dodgers are really good with scouting. The Dodgers know what they're doing. I'm not going to, you know, this is not a move where I'm like, the Dodgers don't know what they're doing. They're like, if this was a team like the uh, Mets who did it, I would question it because the Mets have, don't have the track record of uh, player development and scouting that the Dodgers do. The Dodgers have amazing scouting, a major, amazing player development. The last, they know what they're doing with their their, their salary, their payroll, and they're able to take more risks, obviously, because they have a larger payroll and they make boatloads of money. But I don't think they would give out this contract if they didn't know what they were getting. Yeah, I, I just, I understand. I didn't mean to necessarily directly compare them. Uh, I meant more like if you're going to talk about, you know, Bowers' 2019 injury, I wouldn't just, you know, neglect it, if that makes sense. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that, you know, making, it makes me kind of question the Dodgers, but it also makes me question, you know, is Bauer legit? You know, is Bauer part of the deal? He has to supply their entire pitching staff with the foreign substance he uses. Like it's, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. And, you know, if we see a spike in spin rate with all the Dodgers, which they're already particularly high, but if we see a spike, we'll know exactly what happened because it happened with the Reds as well. Um, I just, I, I think that I, I don't, even though the Dodgers are so analytically driven and I trust their front office, it's hard to make this, it, it's really hard to look past the surface is that, he's not worth it, you know? Well, for them, it's a $34 million a year. He's a pitcher who's going to come in and yeah, he's a third starter. And everyone's like, well, you're paying 34 million for a third starter. Yeah. Because he's in a rotation with Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. That's like, if, that's like, if, uh, you know, you say, oh, the Mets are paying, uh, the Mets are going to pay, uh, uh, their, their, um, Thor, I guess is considered their three or Strowman's considered, they're going to pay their third starter 18 yeah. million. Yeah. Because they have Carrasco and DeGrom ahead of them. Like, I th and, and also the career ERA thing is such a weird argument because he's clearly not the same pitcher. Yeah, people are um, comparing him and Tanner Rourke. That's, that's such a stupid uh, – yo, if you repost something, oh, look at their women's record and the ERA and their whip. Just say you don't know baseball. Like, you could just tweet that and we'll, I'll get the same message. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I don't want to be harsh, but that's like – you could just tweet, I don't know baseball. I get the exact same information.
Like, it's such a weird comparison. And I hate Bauer. I do not like the person Bauer is. I despise who he is off the field. I despise his agent. I despise the clientele. Her, um, Luba it's represents. It's entirely false. <laughs> I can't believe you, you got caught with that. How did, how did that happen to you? Dude, I was I was like that fucking was legendary. hysterically, and I, I she how do you tell me that I'm like committing a crime and then block me right after so I can't see what she told me? That's I think a w. that's probably the funniest part about it. But, that's a W. Yeah. That's a W. I, I, but, I consider it a W. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a fat W right and there. And I think the, the, the funny, not the funniest, is terrible, but like the, the craziest part about it is, you know, I said rapist when it was sexually assault. Like, uh, it's sorry. like, congratulations. You're yeah, like slightly worse. Like, yeah, you're still a piece of human garbage. Like, congratulations, I guess. Like, yeah. Anyway. You want an award? It's like, if, it's like, if, like yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, I know I broke my leg, but it's not amputated. It's just fractured in every single place. Like, it's still like, okay. Anyways, uh, Point is Bauer, I think, is going to be a good starting pitcher. At worst, he's a you know three to let's say let's say he has a three five year. Let me go completely uh, non uh, conservative here. He pitches one hundred ninety innings. He's going to be fine. So that's kind of my take on that. All right, I think that's enough. Done with Bauer. Okay, moving on to Ozuna. Wait one second. I have to boot this kid out, Mark. Moving on to our next big acquisition, the. Atlanta Braves signed or re-signed Marcelo Zuna to a four-year contract worth $60 million. Wow. Uh, you know, my initial Yo. take is this shit was a steal. You know, Zuna, even if he's a fucking, you know, DH, he's still putting up two and a half wins likely. At a minimum, you know, he's putting up two and a half wins in a 60-game uh, season. I'm sorry, not 60 game, 162 games, which is more than going to pay for $15 million a year. I'm surprised no team threw him a better offer than that. You know, the Dodgers wanted to apparently on a short-term deal similarly with Bauer, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised the Mets potentially didn't throw their hat in the ring. If the DH is going to come back, which we don't know. Baseball is such a, a shit show, not baseball in general, but Rob Manfred, you know, so I, I, I think this is a steal for the Braves. I, I really don't see there's how there's any other way to say there possibly isn't, you know, Ozuna, like I said, even if he DHs, I think he's definitely capable of playing left field at a slightly below average level, which is more valuable than DH. But uh, even if he just DHs, he's putting up more than two and a half wins uh, per season. And I, I think it's pretty much undisputable that this is a steal. And I'm pretty sure Ryan also agrees with me. But let's hear what he has to say. Ryan, what do you think? I think it's like a thing with the Braves now. They get to get like these amazing players and either extend them or sign them to such amazing contracts. Think about this. Like with the, the Acuna contracts, like what, eight years, 100 million? Albies is like, is like seven million AAV. And now you get a, a Zuna at what was it, sixty million for four years with a fifth year to be eighty million or something like that. That's, I mean, that's a highway robbery. This is an elite hitter, and even if at the out left field position, let's say he plays left field, right, and he puts up pretty bad defensive numbers, he's not the worst defender in baseball. He's no Nick Castellanos out there and defend defensively. He's probably going to put up a negative five, a negative four outs above average, which with his bat makes him completely worth it. This dude's an amazing hitter and again left field defensively really doesn't matter too much but he's an amazing hitter the braves get if the braves lost ozuna i would have really questioned their ability to be a world series contender because their offense is, is very lackluster without I ozuna hmm? i still question it but you know. i do as well but i think i'm a little I, i'm not concerned about their lineup as much as i was before i do think they need another bat in there but i do like how you got freeman acuna and uh zuna in that middle of the lineup that's what you that's that's a loaded the lineup um the pitching is going to be hopefully pretty good for them i think morton's a good addition they're going to get soroka back and soroka he's overperformed his peripherals but he's still a solid pitcher um and then you have ian anderson who's very talented max freed i don't know if he's going to be an, an era merchant or a because i know his 2019 he he underperformed and in 2020 overperformed uh but freed is solid uh, Soroka is solid. Ian Anderson is, is pretty exciting. If you look at his pitch mix, it's pretty good. Um, you know, this is a team that now they got their guy back in Ozuna. The only thing that's a little concerning though, is if they're penny pinching on Ozuna, does that mean that they're done for the off season? Because if it is, then I'm sorry, but the Mets walked out of this off season getting significantly better. I need to see you lost shit. You're losing da Darren O'Day because the Yankees signed him. Melanson's still a free agent. Um, Green is still a free agent. Those aren't two elite relievers, but those are two guys who contributed a lot to this team over the last uh, year and a half, because I, I think Melanson was got, they got him in the 2019 deadline and in Green, I think they did as well. You know, they have to bring back some of the relievers. The bullpen's looking weak, you know, 
This better not be the last move. This is a great move, but it cannot be the last move for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just heard free, by the way, he had like a 4.4 home run per fly ball ratio. Uh, so that's not sustainable at all. But um, he, he's probably somewhere in the middle of that uh, 2019 and 2020 season. And some quick, you know, breaking news here from Ken. The Cardinals are bringing back Yachty. They're pretty close. So uh, congrats to Yachty on getting a contract that they likely not deserved. We'll cover that probably in the next podcast. But uh, with Ozuna, like I was saying, and like you were saying, steal, uh, even if he doesn't play good defense, still a steal. $50 million is nothing. Over four years, I think it's even better when you give him that long-term deal, you're going to get him for cheaper. But, uh, you know, obviously luxury tax matters a lot, and he's probably going to be very solid. I, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily call him an elite hitter. I'd probably somewhere put him in that very good, just because I don't think 2020 is a full accurate representation of what kind of hitter he is. Uh, but I, I'm good, you know, yeah, still, I think it's a steal. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, you're right. I probably exaggerated with elite hitter. Um, you know, I probably reserve that tier for the Juan Soto's, Christian Yelich's, Mike Trout's, Cody Bellinger's. Uh, well, Cody Bellinger's right, because when Cody Bellinger isn't right, uh, what? <laughs> I, I, when Cody Bellinger is right, I feel like I should have emphasized that. Like 2017 and 20, if we, if, if it's 2017 or 19 Bellinger it's a really good hitter uh depends on what he is feeling like because I don't know what it is with uh even years he sucks during those years uh I guess a healthy Aaron Judge in that tier as well now I think about it's probably uh it's probably a very small tier I I think I probably jumped the gun on elite but I I think the tier you put him in with good slash very good is a little more accurate I jumped the gun there but I think it's a good I I agree with you good acquisition but they can't be done they really can't be done because I think the Mets in a five game or seven game series could mollywop them Moving on to our next topic of the day, we're going to be talking about this pitcher for the Detroit Tigers who is going to benefit significantly, uh, immensely, however you want to say it, from the uh, balls being quote-unquote de-juiced. An article from Washed reporter Ken Rosenthal earlier today uh, said that the balls are going to be apparently de-juiced um, from the 2020-2019 season, uh, and we're supposed to expect a, um, a drop in home run uh, rates. This guy plays for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, even though it's one of the least uh, hitter-friendly ballparks in baseball, he slowly gives, gives up a fucking a fuck ton amount of home runs. Matthew Boyd, who uh, he, he's really uh, – Matthew Boyd is so con- confusing. And at the end of the day, the thing with Boyd is that, you know, he, he is the makings to be a very solid pitcher. He just gives up so many home runs. And I'm a believer that the majority of uh, the time, uh, home runs are out of the pitcher's control. And – but Matthew Boyd, this guy just takes it to a new level. What, Ryan, what's his um, home run for, for fly ball ratio? Okay, so uh, I, do you want the 18 to Let's get, 20 yeah. sample size? Because that's 15.3%. Okay. But but from 19 to 20, it's 18.6%. That's So like nice. Edwin Diaz in 2019, but over a much larger sample size. Yes. This dude like... I don't know what it is. Like, I think ba- like the juice baseballs just hate him because it spiked 7% after 2018 because it was around 11%, which is pretty league average. And I mean, I just, dude, that dude has an amazing slider. He has, his fastball isn't that hard, but his breaking pitches are amazing. Like, if the ball's deadened and he can just focus more on getting those swings and misses, I, I think we're talking about a guy who could be about, who, his, his peak is, his, not his peak, his ceiling is Patrick Corbin. His floor is very, very low. Very, very low. Anyways, I you know this is going to be a pretty quick topic because we kind of just explained why a team would want him. Um, but as a Yankees fan, I definitely want him on my team. You know, I think our rotation is very good. We have some of the best rotation depth in the league, and getting him would make it even better. A team like the Mets should be going, you know, going out and getting him. A team like the Red Sox should really go out and get him. You know, really any team. I don't see any team that couldn't use Matt Boyd as their fifth starter. Like, there's really no team besides maybe the Dodgers. But like at the end of the day, Padres. You, you know, Padres, too, at the end of the day, though, uh, with, with Boyd, his ceiling is so high, and he's like, going to be pretty dirt cheap at the end of the day just because his his, his, uh, his contract is, is what, two more years of arbitration, and he's not been very good over the past years because of home run rates. So uh, I, I think a team should definitely just go get him right now before the balls are officially de-juiced because I think more teams will be on him. You know, I'd send Brian Cashman a message again, but it's $10, and he aired me the last time when I wanted him to get <laughs> left me on red. So that was pretty sad. Uh, you know, apparently he gets back to some people late, but it's been five days and I'm kind of losing hope here. So that was a waste of $10. But um, yeah, Ryan, what do you have to say? I was going to say, look out 
Astros, is that team or the Rays, those two teams can turn around a pitcher like any other franchise. And if one of those two teams get him, mark my words, that you'll the days you spent laughing at people in 2019 saying, hey, we should trade for Matt Boyd. And then you went back on the replies after he sucked in 2020 and said, you wanted Matt Boyd. <laughs> and then he gets when he gets traded, if he gets traded to the Astros or Rays, you're going to wish your team either A, was more analytical, or B, you wish you were an Astros or Rays fan. Uh, and he's going to be really, really good. Uh, I promise you, it it ends. It all depends on where he goes. He cannot go to another garbage organization. It has to be a good analytical organization because I I think the Astros and the Rays are the two teams that can fix him. He has the size and limit for this guy. Moving on to our next segment of today's podcast, we have top 10 right fielders. Uh, we're going to just go around. Similarly, how did we did this with um, third B, excuse me, starting pitchers. Uh, I'll go, Ryan will go, James will go, Jackson will go, and we'll just go around and we're going to each say what our uh, placement is at each spot. At number 10, I have Giants right fielder Mike Yastrzemski. Ryan, who do you have? At number 10, I have Jason Hayward of the Chicago Cubs. James Valentinas, who do you have? I agree with Ryan here. I have Hayward at 10. And Jackson Del De Rosario, excuse me, Del Rosario. Who do you have at number 10? I have uh, Yaz Jr., or I guess it's Yaz, what is it, nephew? Yaz's grandnephew. I think it's a grandchild, right? It's his grandson. Yeah. At number nine, I have Minnesota Twins right fielder Max Kepler. Shout out to Isaac. Who do you have? I also. Have Max Kepler at number nine. So good, 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 good listening. Uh, I have Mike Yastrzemski at nine. And Jackson. I have Mr. Alex Verdugo at number nine. At number eight, I have Houston Astros right fielder or projected right fielder Kyle Tucker. I have Mike Yastrzemski at eight. James, who do you have? Oh, shit. I have uh, Twins right fielder Max Kepler at eight. And Jackson. I have Edwin Rios Sr., Joey Gallo. At number seven, I have Yankees or future Yankees right fielder, but current Texas Rangers right fielder, Joey Gallo. Follow my Twitter at Joey Gallo2NYY. Anyways, right here. I also have definite future Yankee right fielder, Joey Gallo, at number seven. I have... Texas Ranger Joey Gallo at number seven. And I have Max Kepler, the German, the German beast. At number six, we have, or I have, uh, New York Mets right fielder Michael Conforto, otherwise known as a bat- batting average and balls and play merchant in 2020. But Ryan, who do you have? I also have Michael Conforto at six. So do I. I have, I have him there too. I'm assuming our, our lists are going to be very similar, except for a minor change because Jackson's a Yankees hitter at the top. No, but he he has Judge higher than I do. So yeah, we were, I didn't say it was Judge. You know, Clint Frazier could be playing right field next year. Clint Whatever. Frazier, top five. At number five, I have Philadelphia Phillies right fielder Bryce Harper. I also have Maga Man Harper. I do too. I have Bryce Harper resurgence tour 2021 incoming. It's going to happen. At number four, I have uh, Atlanta Braves right fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. I also have the very fun outfielder to watch at four. Uh, I do too. I also have Acuna at four. I also have Ronald Acuna Jr. at four. At number three, I have Washington Nationals outfielder Juan Soto, who's going to be playing right field this year with the acquisition of Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, excuse me. Ryan, who do you have? At number three, I have the 2021 MVP, Aaron Judge. At number three, I have a guy who won't be the 2021 MVP, Aaron Judge. At number three, I will have a guy who's going to be the 2021 MVP, but it's Jonathan Soto. At number two, I have uh, 2021 MVP, New York Yankees right fielder, Aaron Judge. At number two, I have the greatest hitter since... uh, Wow, no, it's not even true. Uh, I, he's a very good hitter, Juan Soto. <laughs> uh, I also have Soto, and I almost agree with best hitter since Bonds, if that's what you were gonna say. No, I was gonna say since like, I was gonna say since like Trout, but like Trout, Trout. isn't even that long ago. <laughs> and I have uh, 
Mr. Not Top 10, Aaron Judge. I remember when we all have Mookie Betts, we don't even talk about that. So, yeah. Um, I actually have Clint Frazier first. No, I'm kidding. You have Clint Frazier. Uh, former Red Sox, current Dodger. You know, can I can I give a uh, an honorable mention to Gerald, Mitch Haniger? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, facts. I want to. Uh, yes, that's facts. I'll go first real quick with my honorable mention. I have um, I have my honorable mention. I have uh, Boston Red Sox outfielder Alex Verdugo, who's potentially playing some center field, but if not, he's my uh, honorable mention for right quick. Right, who you have? Uh, I had Haniger barely missing it, but I also had Kyle Tucker in consideration as well, and Verdugo too. Those three guys just kind of neck and neck. I had the two guys that he just said, uh, not Verdugo, but that's because he's a center fielder. And I also would give a quick honorable mention to Cassianos, but he's just, no. his defense is too bad. No. Yeah. And Jackson? Uh, my honorable mentions were Kyle Tucker and Mitch Hanniger. All right. So really our biggest difference here on this list is I'm, higher on t- Tucker than the majority of you guys. And I can understand why you're not as high as, as you are on him as I am. I just think his 2020 production uh, is somewhat sustainable. Let me get his fan graphs up real quick. Uh, no, I think you're just high in general. I wish I had. I'm not high ever. But I've never actually done drugs recreationally. You shouldn't do that either. Uh, in 2020, <laughs> you make it so do serious? It, do it, do it. <laughs> 2020 had a no. I'm just messing around. In 2020, the 303 batting average on balls in play, and I regret not putting Tim Anderson lower because I'll never hear the end of it uh, until he regresses. Which... Yeah, there's there's no way he should be right, top right, 10 hey, or 15. We'll get that later. We we'll got that later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> I'm all I'm all I'm all over it. Let's go. 303 batting average on balls in play, which tells me though in a small sample size, uh, I don't know if he'll be able to uh, put up a 126 WC plus. If he did, I'd probably have him around the six range just because his defense is also pretty solid. Um, but I, I have Tucker at seven or eight. Did I have him? I know I have him at eight, excuse me. Uh, and I, I think he could be anywhere from eight to pretty much 12. I have no problem with Hayward being over him. I have no problem with any of those guys that have been mentioned over him. Verdugo, I, I could see it. I don't really, like, actually, I don't know about Verdugo, but the other guys I could see it. Um, as for, uh, the rest of them, do you guys have any argument with, with Tucker? Why do you guys not have him even seen enough or, or what? Probably because he's only played 108 games in the league. Okay. That's- and also that his first what he was not very good last year yeah i think it's a lot i would not put him no he was good last year it was just only 72 plate appearances like he's never played a bad season or played like bad games but he hits the ball hard but yeah zips has him as an 121 wrc plus and i'm not all for 100 percent projections like some other people are but i think it does mean something so those projections are always wrong. That's not true, but they're they're not always hundred percent right. Is what you're saying, and that's with any projection system, you can't always be hundred percent right. Um, any other thing besides the the Soto Judge thing? I, I'm so glad Jackson is finally getting rid of his Yankee bias just for once. You know, he's incredibly biased. Oh no, uh, it's I I think he's a great player. He's just not a top ten player in baseball. He's not top ten. He's top. He's, he's top ten, but he's not top. You know. He's top three, whatever. Okay. He's at you, best he, he is not at top three. Top seven, at best like, eight. I don't really know if you can put him any lower than seven. You can name easily seven. I'd put him well, All right, like name or we're not I don't know it. if you can name seven. I, I can be seven. Right. Like, like seven. Ready? Right. Trout, right. Betts, Rendon, yeah. Bregman, yeah. Cole, yeah. DeGrom, Yelich. Right. Oh, wait, tell me, tell me, tell me. Pitchers as high. Um, I did my. That's I, fine. My, no, that's totally yeah. fine. That, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It's like. I, I just – I don't think I value pitchers. Like, I had DeGrom at 12 and Cole at 10. People, for some reason, think, like, a two-spot difference is, you know – No, because like, you put yeah. – it's because you put Chris Sale 9. It's because you put yeah, Chris Sale 9. Yeah, that's why – it's because you put a guy who hasn't played in half a year and a half. You read these com- – I read all of them. They're like, 500 comments. This is what I posted yesterday. I read every single fucking comment. I respond see, to a lot of them. anyone who heard you earlier say, I've, ne- I've never used recreational drugs. Like, they're like, no, that, well, that was a fucking lie. All right. Because you put Chris Sale not. That right? that's, that's an absolute lie. lie. That's a myth. That is a myth. There's a lie. All right. You know what? Fine. Forget Chris Sale. <laughs> Nobody gives a flying fuck about Chris Sale's place besides a few people. I do. Dude, there are a solid 200 comments. Where the fuck is DeGrom? Where's DeGrom, you clown? You're doing drugs, recreational? Like, are you going to, no, no, they don't add the last part. But, I, I think that, you know, I, I think DeGrom at 12 is, is very fair, uh, especially because my highest 
Why are you pretending to do drugs with it? <laughs> Chris Hill's top 10. <laughs> That's the only way that comes up, bro. That's the only way that happens. I'm sorry. You had to admit something, bro. Okay, you don't have to. You'll be woke when he wins signing in 2022. But uh, Okay, you said 2022. In 2022. Yeah, two years. Ago. Okay, Zond- uh, Wander Franco's top 100 because he's going to be a really good player in 2022. All right, but that's not Wander Franco. No, 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 What I'm saying is he's not going to be pitching, thing, bro. pitching Cy Young caliber in 2021, but he won't. Be and not. Wander Franco will be playing top 100 caliber in 2021. He's a top, he's the best prospect in baseball. I'll put him at around 100. If he yeah, plays. but you can't put, you can't put Wander top 100 yet. That's my point. You wouldn't do he's it because you haven't seen it happen. Ever. And no, that's, that's, okay, you're comparing apples to oranges here, right? But I, I am making it. Uh, but it's because I hit something. It's because I hit something before I started talking. You know what I mean? This is, this is very similar to your Lance Lynn shit. No, yeah. no, but there's a difference. There's a difference. What did I do? What did I do before I said it? What did I do before I said it? I rolled it up and I, and I hit some. I hit some before I said it, right? You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, I, my point is, my point is, with top 10 players, we're doing right fielders. This is a right field thing, but if we're talking about top 10 players real quick, I have no problem with Judge anywhere, you know, uh, I, I guess the lowest you can put him is seven. I don't have DeGrom or Cole over him um, just because I don't value pitchers as much, I guess. I, I don't really know why. Uh, but I have DeGrom at 12, and I have Cole at 10, which people had a fucking brain. Dude, seen these comments. You, you, there are 512 comments on this post. Any yeah, comment slandering is so funny. I'm sorry. It's, it is. <laughs> I, they're, they're hilarious. They're hilarious. Okay, I, some of these are pretty good. But also, I do think you could have him lower than seven because he hasn't qualified since 2017. Like, you can't say there's no injury like, issues there. Like Aaron Judge hasn't qualified. Your injury, your, your, your injury issues. He's clearly sustained this this you know elite top three top five type player when he has been healthy the injuries the only argument i'm saying you can make here to put judge not judge is uh the fact that he hasn't played enough but when he has played he's been a top five player top seven minimum right but you can only but you can only only make so much of an impact when you're not playing time out even the performance he's put up it's a 145 with your argument is uh, listen your argument is he's injury prone there's an argument to be made that he could not sustain this type of progress over a certain amount of volume. And I'm all for that. That's why I don't have Tatis as my, you know, top five players and, you know, you know, top one shortstop, but a guy like Judge who sustain this, you know, every time he's on the field and he's been on the field, every time he's on the field, you know, he makes the same impact virtually. It's, he's a top five player and they're well, not going to regress. And I understand what you're saying, but you really have to, the only argument you're making here is that he's injury prone and he will continue to be injury prone. When well, what if it's one more argument? What? Yeah, what has he been it? Okay, is over a full season, is he gonna be a seven to eight win player every single time? Because that's what Bregman's been from 2018 and 2019. Rendon has been close to that. Um, plays, he's that, probably a seven win player if he plays, yeah. But my point yeah, is, but hey, he's never done it, even if he's fully, even if he's fully healthy. I think the point that they're trying to make is by whoever who's, who's wait, in the, rest, no. the, the, the Rangers, who I understand, but I, I think what they're saying is if he's fully healthy, is he better than Bregman? Yes, I think so. Has no. he put up an eight-win season? Well, what do you the last three years? Like seven point seven point what? It's still not. But my point is, like, you have to be able to say he's in. He's like, okay, let's say he put up like Christian Yelich's um, 2018-2019 numbers, where like offensively it was at one sixty weighted runs created plus. And his defense was his defense always been elite. But he had a one, then you're like undoubtedly that's uh, that's undoubtedly amazing. But a one forty five weighted runs created plus is a lot different, and a lot of other offensive players have done it. And so what they're trying to say is if other players are able to do that, and one guy is help, not healthy and the other guys are, they're going to pick a lot of guys over him. And that's the that's they're not saying he can't be top three if he's healthy or can't be a top five if he's healthy. But one, he hasn't been healthy. And two, there's been other guys putting up a 145 WRC+. plus. There has been other guys playing good defense at those positions. There have been other guys doing a lot of things that, you know, you're giving Aaron Judge credit for. And, like, what's the difference, like, what's the difference between what Bregman has been doing currently and what Judge does when he's healthy? What's the – in total, in war and in offense? When Judge was healthy in 2017, his defense was not nearly as good. He's an eight-win player with the defense he is now and the offense he had done. No, right. I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting him to 100% go out there and play 150 games. He won't. He never has. He did in 20, uh, 20, 2017. But you know, we can just four years ago regard that. Uh, he didn't. Did he not? What was it? No, four but he said ago. it's four years ago. Which four is years ago. Whatever. <laughs> what I'm saying, well, you can't say he never did because that's basically. When's like- his last 155 weighted runs created plus season? Because Bregman has had two of the two seasons with one higher. Well, than I, that. Did he not have one this year? No. No, he didn't. But and that wouldn't even really count. It was what thir- forty games. One fifty-five. He hasn't done that since twenty seventeen. Exactly. Okay. 
He's also what? Not an elite defender. Aaron Judge. Is okay, elite. but he's still an above average. But he's an above average defender. And Aaron Judge has only had multiple. He's only had uh, one season in the last three years with an above one outcome of average. So. I don't think you can't. I don't. Not a big believer, and then just looking at the outs above average. Like, I know, you know I understand, but I'm just saying, like we're we're not talking about you know the best defender in baseball. We're not talking about Harrison no, Bader here. Mookie Betts. We're talking. We are t- potentially. We're talking about potentially, but he's injury prone. His offensive metrics just haven't been the same as a bunch of other guys in his position. And again, I am just making a devil's advocate argument because I don't think it's crazy oh. to have him out of your top five. I don't think it's crazy to have him out of your top three. And I put him more in the seven, eight, nine range. And I'm a big Yankees fan. I love Aaron Judge. He's my favorite player on the New York Yankees. But at some point, you can't just because I love Aaron Judge and I love the Yankees doesn't mean I'm going to start making arguments just to favor Aaron Judge to make him look better. He's a very, very good baseball player. And if he's healthy this year, he can't, he will be, if he's healthy this year and plays how he usually does, he's going to be a top five player undoubtedly, but he hasn't done it yet. We're talking about if, if he can, when he can, if he can in 2021, if, when, what, all that stuff. He hasn't done it yet. So that's the argument. Aaron Judge's ceiling is a top two player in baseball. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't. Okay. His ceiling is not higher than What's Shane Bieber's ceiling? What's Shane Bieber's ceiling? What's Shane Bieber's ceiling? Is it a top two pitcher in baseball? I think his ceiling is a top. Is that fair to say Shane Bieber's ceiling is a top? Shane Bieber. Okay. Yeah. And and what did he do last year? He had an amazing season in 2019. was amazing as well, right? I don't don't think Judge is is better than Betts. What I'm I'm saying. No, 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 no. I know you're not saying that. But I'm just saying, you're talking about ceilings. And ceilings aren't rankings. We need to, what have they done? What are they right now? 27. All right. This is the reason why I'm projecting. You're you're projecting what he's going to be. Even though it was a long time ago, the reason I'm bringing it up is because A, uh, 2020, Mickey Mouse. 18, he got drilled in the wrist. 19, okay. That's fair. No, no, you're you're, you're right. I I agree with you that I think the injuries have been Mickey Mouse ones. I don't mean to be, you know, I don't mean to be saying the exact, I don't mean to, you know, keep, you know, repeating myself here. But what I'm trying to say is if Judge is healthy, which if he can be it's an if it's an if it's an if but big healthy has he done it though has he done it in the last three seasons that's all we're asking the same well, season. has he done seasons, it yes because 2017 was technically one of the last three seasons because 2020 was okay 16. how many times he's done it in the last are you three gonna and say seasons? that that doesn't Time count out. but then you're gonna put kyle tucker at eight yeah that's a little kyle, and, and, season, kyle tucker is also a bit different okay I mean, the reason why i said why because he doesn't play for the yankees why oh. he was the oh. Wait, what are you talking about? No, I'm, no bias. Jack, I'm, let me ask you a question. The last three and a half seasons, how many seasons has Aaron Judge played 150 games in the last three and a half seasons? I know the answer. I know the answer. Go. One. Okay. What has he done? How many seasons does he have with a 150 or higher weighted runs created plus? How many? I think it's, I don't know. One. one. It is one. The answer is one. How, Four when seasons, was that by the way, not three. Oh, yeah. Three and a half. Excuse me. Uh, four. I get whatever number we're going to use, right? And what year was that? Was that 2019 or 2018? No, it was 2017. So the yeah. farthest back, the lowest weight out of all of them. That's the argument they're making. You can project what he's going to do. You can say he can. You can say if. You can say what if. What if he does this? When he does that? That doesn't matter. What he did, what he is doing, what everyone else is doing in comparison to him. That's all. That's what matters right now. If we're talking about projections, we can, that's a whole different argument. We're not talking about projections. Not, projections. Considering any projections, because my list I'm not saying we're not considering any projections, but can you honest to God say what's, okay? Well, if you want to consider projections, then Zips only has them at a four-win player next year. Yeah, so. just, they, even gonna, Zips doesn't project them playing as many games, right? Yeah, I'm, how, I'm, how, how many I'm, games I'm, is Zips projecting happen? It, it projects him at 499 games, but it also says the whole 499 games are a plate appearances. Are plate appearances? Yeah, but, even even they don't even project him to play that many games. No, I'm not talking about Zips projections in general. I'm talking about. Your own projections? projections Personal projections based on what he's done in the past and if he can stay healthy going forward. And And what he's done in the past is not stay healthy. Yeah. That's why I'm putting him in two separate entities because I think he can stay healthy. I think think 2020, look, if 2020, if he plays 100 games, you know what, fuck it. You know, he's not a top five player. There's no, I pretty much lose all hope there. He's playing 100 games. It is what it is. If he plays point, 150, I'll move him up. Yeah. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to, you know, say he's not going to play. You know, there's no reason to think he won't outside of the fact that, you know, 2020, you know, 2019, he had a bad injury. 2018, he missed like what? The 30-ish games? Yeah. But that's the second. No, he is, missed 50 games. Yeah. I, I think the issue is everyone in this call. Yeah. 20, oh, I thought you said 2018. No, 2018, I'm not counting. That was a hit in the wrist. That does not count. Uh, to me, at least. But he didn't play. 
It does count. If you're no, okay. If you're talking about injury prone, is what I'm saying. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm saying he well, hasn't done enough to be I a top three saying. player. I know baseball. what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I understand you're not calling him injury prone, and I'm saying that he is not injury. I'm saying that in 20, is I'm, he top three weighted runs created plus? I'm saying in. Two, you I'm keep saying, making the same argument, Ryan. We're not. Yeah, kind of what I'm saying in 20, I'm trying to say like, if he's gonna be top six in weighted runs created plus, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is very you know attainable for him. That's, and that's he's fair. Be, be an elite defender. Okay. Uh, and he's going to play 150 games. Yeah, if he does all I, that, yeah, no, 100. No, I'm not ruling it out that he's not. I, I don't want to rule it out here. I'm, but I'm, I'm just saying that. he hasn't done it. That. No, no, I understand what you're saying, and I understand. I guess our lists are made a bit differently, and the same with all you guys. You know, if I was making the list on your criteria, I'd probably have him around seven, eight. But my list has something to do with a bit of projecting, and also the fact that I make exceptions for different players just because. Not, I'm not. That sounds really biased. What I'm it saying is, I, like Correa, I have Correa very high, higher. Than I don't either. No reason. You don't have to agree with me, but I'm keeping it consistent in terms of players who have been injured, but you know, can I, I think can stay healthy. Like they're, they're like Stanton. Stanton, I've kind of given up on the. You know, he's going to be healthy, and at this point, yeah, it's because it's the oblique strain every fucking day and a bicep. Strain, it's, it's the same injury yeah. over and over and over again. So that, it's like that gives me a little bit of hope with Judge because that's been like nagging. Like it's like a knee problem or an oblique problem, but it has been something. One thing I, I will say though is yeah. it's crazy that the Yankees have two guys in the top ten on the right on our right fielders list. It's like they have Judge and Gallo. That's crazy. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's that's amazing. I mean, well, Gallo moved to like what left field and the center field. No, 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 no. He'll play center field. He'll play center field. He'll play center field. But yeah. that's not part of the. That's not, that's 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 a that's a fantasy. That's not a. Yeah, he'll be like what top. Top what? Top two? No, no, top two. Fuck up. No, you put him in center field. No, you're putting him in center field. I'm putting him in. Why would you put him in left field? He's a better defender than Aaron Hicks. You put Hicks in left field. You put Hicks in left field, put him in center. Yeah, but Gallo is not a top two center fielder. No, I know. I I, I regret it. He's top one. You're right. He's better than Mike Trout. What are you talking about? He's at least like four or five. He's better than Mike Trout. Yeah, exactly. What does Mike Trout even do? Exactly. Yeah, Gallo in New York would be like 70 home Mike Trout's injury. Yo, Gallo every at-bat. Every fly ball he pulls will be a home run at Yankee Stadium. He just hits the crap out the baseball. Yankee Stadium. Well, I mean, he already pay, plays in like a tiny stadium, so. Yeah, but right field, he would just be such a – he'd be like oh, such a short porch merchant. Since 2018, it's a 21% barrel percentage. That's, That's nuts. When he plays in the A's, when he give up Miguel Andujar. He also has like a 40%. Oh, yeah. Now, nah, future future Ranger Miguel Andujar, bros. Let's get it. I don't <laughs> care who. I don't care, bro. I just want to see this man in another uniform. I can't see this man. All right, I feel like that's enough Yankees talk. Yeah, we, we've talked so that's much about some random talk, You're fucking biased piece of, you know, you're biased. No, I'm kidding. Uh, as do, I, I don't have to, do I have to pull out the book? Also, stop talking shit about my, my Yankees hat. I love this hat. Um like Did anyone say anything about it? Yeah. No, people on uh, the fucking comments. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, that, that's hilarious. I love it. I, 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 that's hilarious. Yeah, I know you love it, but it's a bit, you know, you're not me, right? So, whatever. I have seen no comments about the hat. What? I've seen no that's comments about DMs, the hat. Probably his DMs. Never seen a comment? There are a bunch. Or they, they were on live or, or message. I don't know. I'm entirely sure. I get, I get a fucking kind of messages which i try to answer but um anyways i guess to sort of conclude our right field list uh jackson do you have it yeah well i i need to know a couple things no i have most of it i'll say something quick real quick different do you see any potential risers going forward Yes, Shumsky. If he has another year like he did in 2019 oh i go too oh and well i don't know if he's because uh, well, he can move to center field and gain some positional value there, but I'd also say Kepler. If Kepler can go back to what he was in 2019, he's going to rise. I, I put him right. in yellow. I have, and I have Soto, two, of course. I have two rises. Oh yeah, Soto. Who are your two rises? And Judge too. Judge can move I have, Soto. Uh, Hanniger, if he comes back and plays well again, he'll be top ten. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Tucker, who if he can replicate that again, then I think he can be top seven probably. Yeah, especially if especially if Gallo moves positions, if if Gallo, if no Gallo Gallo he's gonna get traded this year probably. They're, why would you? If they keep him, they're not stupid enough to keep him for that long. They're gonna trade him. Yeah, Which, especially since the they Rangers, are. Though. Yeah, but the Rangers but, have but, been really smart. They've, lately. they've been smart. They've been amazing lately. They're not gonna do it now. They're gonna do it at the deadline. It's gonna make. They're gonna do it at the deadline, and he'll go. I think the best destination for him right now is probably like it, it could be either mm-hmm. be like St. Louis. Yeah. Um, I have I have faith in the Rangers now because they 
completely destroyed the White Sox in the lane trade. So, yeah. Well, even and the White Sox, even the White Sox make a lot of sense for sale. It was not one for one. They got a prospect in six years of. It's also it's six, Lynn for uh, Dunning. And and some like left-handed prospect, some dude. Yeah. But I I think Gallo will be going to a central team. I don't I see that because they have a lot of offensive issues. I, I he would make so much sense with the White Sox because if you put him in left field, he's a, or center field. You know, you put him in left field because Robert is there. You'd have him playing left field and Eloy moves to DH. Um and yeah, and, and team, right and starting right fielder Adam Eaton every day, right? Oh wait, no, you wait. Could you? Uh, I forget. Is the positional adjustment <laughs> harder on uh, right field or left field? Because you just put it's Gallo the same. Or... It's the oh, same. okay. So, uh, yeah, they're just they're fine. Gallo's better than uh, whatever they have in left field right now. So, yeah, and Jimenez just moves to DH. All right, uh, All right. Jack. What is our cumulative top ten? All right. So number one, we have unanimous first place right field. Go backwards, Mookie Betts. Why would I go backwards? The more intrigues at the end. Yeah, no, there's no spec. We all know who's one and two and three, basically. It's going to be like Well, we all know one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven because we kind exactly. of all agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I like it. But. So, tied for second is Aaron Judge and Juan Soto at 34 points. Not too shabby. At four is Ronald Acuna Jr., five, Bryce Harper, six, Conforto, and now seven is Joey Gallo. Let's go. Eight is Max Kepler. Nine is Mike Yastrzemski, and we have a tie at 10 with Alex Verdugo and Kyle Tucker. Good with Kyle Tucker. Anyways, that concludes you our You the only list. person who put um, that yeah, yeah, he put Tucker so high that he it's got him the in the top It's the same thing that happened with well. Cole. Cole only got one because Jack messed up DeGrom and put him at three. Anyways. anyways <laughs> asshole. Jack is always fucking up the list. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, uh, make sure to leave us a comment on our recent post where we'll probably uh, on our post on Instagram at Deep Drive Pod uh, if you want to at Deep underscore Drive underscore Pod. Excuse me if you want to uh, debate about that. So that's it for right fielders. Moving into our next segment of today's podcast, we have our trivia. I'm absolutely destroying Ryan. There's no point in not, there's no point in. I, I don't even know what the score is anymore. It was like I up on like 16, 16 to five. Or is it fourteen to five? It's one. I think I like. Jack does drugs, so I win in the end. What the fuck? Who do the drugs? People actually think I'm doing drugs. I didn't write it down last time, but it, it's bad. It's in the docs. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting blown out. out. Next time, because James will actually be competent and remember. Anyway, fuck off. For today. All right. Uh, Jack, your easy question is very easy. I'm sorry, Ryan. Uh, who, hit, who hit the first home run of the 2020 regular season? He doesn't know this. He doesn't know this, and I didn't do it. How is this easy? Well, I think you do know this. I do know no, this. No, don't say it. I don't, don't it. make it. Stand, stand, stand. Yeah, see, you made it like really No, obvious. I didn't make it obvious. He sh- you, no, you I would have remembered. I was like thinking nah, so you would have known it. All right, yeah. Ryan, your easy uh-huh. question. Colton Wong won back to back gold glove awards at second base in 2019 and 2020. I'm not going to know this. Who was the last AL second baseman to win the award in back to back seasons? Second baseman? So, no other yes. position? Yeah, what award? The Gold Glove Award. The um, only award Colton Wong has ever won. I just mad because he's not a Cub, bro. Chill, 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 chill. chill. Uh, I, I gotta actually think about this one. Uh, I'm not gonna. How do I not know this? How do I not know good defensive second baseman? American League only. Yeah, I know. It's because the only two I can think of are Wong and Frazier. Uh, for some reason. Uh, and the DJ was in the NL when he won his. Um, he wasn't very good defensively this year, so no. Uh, I'm thinking a little bit because I need to think of the last team in the AL Central for some reason. It's not an AL Central team, but I just have to think. Uh, was it like in the last 20 years? Yeah. So it's okay. I don't have to go back too far. Okay, good uh is it's also a popularity contest so it's not even the best defense fuck um um yeah like Derek cheater was that Altuve? no oh. how do you not know this i don't <laughs> i only know the answer because i he was the first guy that came to mind because he just retired recently mm-hmm. pedroia i hate you i hate you i hate you so much i forgot how i forgot he played for so, but, so no other second baseman has wow 
Secondation sucked. Fifteen or was it 2013-14? I didn't write it down. I I just that stripped that ago? I stripped that question straight from MLB.com. That's, that's not fair. That's not that's nowhere near as easy as Jackson. That's a medium question. To, to medium that question. was not a medium question. I knew the question, yes, right. I knew the question right off the bat. All right. This one I was might gonna be, say Pajor, I wasn't sure. This one might be a little hard, but uh who was the first player from the 2018 MLB draft to reach the big leagues? 2018. Because nobody has reached it from 2019. And only Garrett Crochet reached it from 2020. 2018. 2018. Who was drafted in 2018? Me. There's only one player, right? This, Yeah, and it's a first-round pick, if that helps you. First-round pick. Andre Iguodala. <laughs> you know, the only 2018 draft member I really care about is the greatest quarterback of all time. So, you know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Is it a... Uh... I want to say this guy, but I don't know if it's him. Just say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Just want to think a bit more before say it, I say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. If you don't say it, uh, you, you're telling you're telling kids to do drugs. Say it. <laughs> and I would just slip my mind. No, 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 no. I remember. Uh, almost done thinking about it. Domingo Herman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm torn between two players. So I don't know when they're drafted. David Garcia. Send it. Is it Nico Horner? Yes. Oh, hold hold on. On. was the other hold player on. Casey Mize that you were thinking of? Hold no. Okay. There's like eight players that have made the big leagues. I said so first. 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 Oh, let's go. Uh, he was the first one because he made it at the end of 2019 when Javi Baez oh, was yeah. hurt, and then That's... Addison Russell took a ball to the face, and also you know got blackballed deservingly. Go ahead. All right. I'm not going to George, this, by the way. George Springer is tied for fourth all time with 19 career postseason home runs. Who's first? It's not. Is it? Is it? It might be him. I'm thinking Because it has to be just someone who's played so long in the postseason. And I think I know. Wait, is it first or just tied? Is, wait, no. What? No, this person who's first is like far and away first, I think. It's not the guy we thought it was then, because it's it's not him then. Uh, is he another guy? I feel like I should know this. Jack, Jack, uh, can you do me a favor and not get this right? Thanks. Can uh, you do me a favor and unmute yourself so I know you're not Googling this? I am unmuted. No, I'm talking about Jack. Oh. Yeah. He is unmuted as well. He just can't hear him for some reason. Second there. Oh. Um, it's got to be a Yankee. Is this guy Probably. from like you know, like the nineteen fourteen or like nineteen ten or? Whatever? Is it post pre? Is it post integration? Oh wait, that's too much for me to ask. Uh, okay, but before integration, there was no postseason, just the World Series. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, so it has. It's got to be a Yankee. Oh, uh, it's got to be a Yankee. Uh, is it? Good mm, I think I might know this. Mm, it can't be him. It can't, is it? Uh, is I'm really surprised you don't know this. I'm really surprised I don't know this. I have one guess, but it's the only guess, and it's only. I only have one. I have two guesses. All right, say your one guess. Come on, let's go. Yeah. I was gonna say at first. Uh, I was gonna say uh, Jeter, but it's, it's not, not him. Jeter. Jeter is third with twenty. Yeah, he has a ton because he's just played a lot. Jeter has 734 postseason plate appearances, which is yeah. the most all time, I think. Yeah. No, that was his guess. All right. I'm full sending it here because of Jackson. Oh, I think you got it. No, it's uh, Manny Ramirez. What? I would not have gotten that. How many games did he play in the postseason? Oh, I, I don't know, but he has 29 home runs and 493 what? plate appearances. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, it's the PEDs talking. I mean, that's just how the Red Sox won in 04 anyways. It's, it's a Mickey Mouse ring, so I don't really care. Yeah, it's okay. I don't really care about 04. All right. I'm talking about championships. I'm talking about decades. Here's, so. here's another one stripped straight from MLB.com. Mm-hmm. Elvis Andrews finished second in, in American League Rookie of the Year voting during his rookie season. Who won the award? Who the, how the fuck am I supposed to know this one? It's 2009, I think, by the way, if that helps you. Oh, that'll probably help a lot. <laughs> American is, it, right? is, it, is it 2009? Well, what team did he play for? 
uh, Andrews? The Rangers? Yeah. I I, I said American League, but... (sighs) I want spaces I want to see what they look like. Do you know the answer, Ryan? No, I have no idea. I'm just looking at what my spaces look like. They're like black. Kind of weird. It's like rubber pellets. Yankees and... 2009. I feel bad for anyone who's watching the video pod and has to see what Ryan just did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to see what my spaces look like. Like black. <laughs> like rubber. They, they, they don't hurt. They're just so squishy. I want to like poke them out. Just don't watch the video. It's not that hard. <laughs> Why are you? Is this something I'm supposed to know, Jackson? No, you, I know who it is. Cause well, for but sure. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know. At the end of the day, <laughs> the end of the day, um, I don't know, but I'm give me one second. I'm gonna guess. Um, was it Verlander in 2009? I don't know when he started pitching. I, oh, in like 2004. 2004. No, it was like 06. I it was 06. Yeah. That was really Anyways, go ahead. Ryan, steal it and make me sad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, no, I actually don't know this. <laughs> oh, shit. Was it like Jacoby Ellsbury? <laughs> uh, no. It okay. was, it was Andrew Bailey, who is, no, who is an Oakland reliever. Athletics reliever. I yeah. know. He was a beast that year. And here's a question that came from Jackson. Okay. In 1986, Texas Ranger Pete, I'm not even gonna try and pronounce this. Incaviglia set a new world record for striking out 185 times in his rookie season. Whose record does he did he break? Meaning who? Reggie Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a strikeout king. Yeah. That was not hard at all. That was extremely easy. Yeah, I think thanks for that. Gee, I would have gotten that too. That was one of the easiest questions. That was easier than any other question you asked me. You can make that one. Okay, that was not the easiest question. That I is the easiest you. question there's, you've ever asked. There's he's no the, way he literally that... has the most. He literally has the most strikeouts of all time. He's a strikeout king. That yeah, but cool. like Manny Ramirez has the most postseason homers of all time. Okay, he's the he's the postseason homer king. You should know that. Yeah, but he's but he also right. is known for hitting a postseason home runs. I'm getting absolutely finessed by the system here. Uh, <laughs> That'll do it for me. You, you so, the easiest question in the world. So what? You got five and four. Ryan yep. wins five four. So we'll add that to whatever the hell the score was before. I just want to say I want to thank my I can't family. Hear you. You're uh, too far away. Me. Oh, I was gonna say I want to thank my family for you know putting me on this beautiful earth. Uh, I want to thank God for you know giving me the chance to. Uh, You're win still today. losing by a lot. <laughs> I want to thank. I want to thank. I want to. Um. I want to thank. Uh. I want to thank uh, Reggie Jackson for not being able to put the fucking bat on the ball. Uh. And I want to thank uh, Dustin Pedroia for being a little bitch and taking so long to win dump, uh, set gold gloves. And I want to thank DJ oh. Leu for not winning any gold gloves because I wouldn't have guessed him because he. I, I don't know. Uh, what else was I going to guess? Um, yeah, we need one ratio. Yeah, no, that's all. I have to, all the people have to thank. Also, thank you, Jack, for not being good at this game. Moving on to today's uh, last section of today's podcast, we're going to be talking about our ratio. We only have one ratio because it was so good, and I was involved, and Ryan thought of it. Today's ratio uh, revolves around. Um, Trevor Bauer's wonderful agent, Rachel Luba. Ryan, why don't you take it from here? Well, let's bring up this lovely ratio. So, uh, Jack tweeted, your clients uh, are a rapist and a sexist, and I won't go as far as racist, but others certainly, ha- others certainly have. And then Rachel Luba, this lovely agent, uh, known for representing um, uh, just fantastic clients, fantastic people. Uh, this is libel and, patent- and patently false. You should do more research before throwing around na- wor- words like that. And then someone tweeted back, uh, and I suggest you follow his account at bets fan, underscore fan club. Love that guy. Uh, he said, so you're saying these articles are false with articles of Puig's um, alleged sexual battery. Uh, and she was ratioed. Not only did she get ratioed to 81 to 94, but she also had 207 t- retweets or quote tweets. That's really bad. That's really, really bad. She didn't even ratio Jack. Jack got 117 likes and she only got 84, I believe it was. Let me double check. 80, yes. Yeah, 81, excuse me, 81. So you failed to ratio a random 17-year-old, I guess now? You're 17, right? 17-year-old. And yeah. And then the other account was some other random person on the internet as well. So yeah, no. Uh, But, you know, she does represent amazing clients, uh, you know, amazing clients. Uh, 
respecters of uh, people in society, of course. She would never, never, ever try to empower women in sports and hire people who, are, who are, have clients who are totally against that. No, Rachel Luba, not in her character. She she respects women's and minorities. She's the best at respecting women at minorities. The she also got ratioed in about seven other replies. Yeah, no, she gets ratioed all the time. The funniest part about No, I mean, to the same tweet. Her her initial tweet was about her not being, uh, people didn't like her because of who she represents. And she said it's just because of her looks. (laughs) She's fucking stupid. Well, it's true, though, because she respects women more than anyone I've ever met. No one, again, no one respects women more than Rachel Luba. No. And she blocked me, which was not great because now I. That's all. It's actually great. I don't have to hear about that fucking. You know what I'm talking about. Didn't you follow her on the burner? I had to because I wanted to see where Bauer was going to go. Which I didn't need to because Sauce God John Haven came. Yeah, that was amazing. He stole that shit from Bauer, which got me very hyped out. Anyway, and he did it before the video. He wanted to drop it in the video. He Heyman dropped it for him, and then he had, he apologized like all Mets fans. He looks so yeah. dumb, bro. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Yeah, sure and during the Super Bowl. You would put like four signed hat giveaways for like four different teams. Like dude. I'm telling you, what happened was he started doing it to make it seem like he was trolling, but he knew it was a leak. And so he kept trying to change it to try to like joke around. Um, but he got caught in broad daylight getting it leaked. And the fact that he had these shirts ready is kind of sad. It's kind of sad. He didn't know where he was going to go. No one really won. I, he, he, the Mets and Dodgers, I mean, those are those are two good franchises to go to right now because they're two really good teams but i mean oh anyway today's uh, ratio portion uh fuck rachel luba fuck trevor bauer fuck all of them tom brady's the greatest quarterback of all time anyone who says otherwise is a liar and an idiot and do not listen to them about football cutting that out cutting that out didn't you say that rogers was better about i three said weeks rogers ago? was better because i didn't know what pff was cutting it all out anyways thank you Thanks for watching today's podcast. If you like what you saw, leave a five-star rating. Go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at deep underscore drive underscore podcast. Um, go follow the, the Jackson's YouTube, Dell's Films. You can watch this whole thing with our face cams. If you want to see our beautiful faces, uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Albumeners if you don't already. Make sure to follow Ryan on Instagram, I'm sorry, Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM. Also follow his uh, Yankee Stat Talk page, Yankee Stat Talk. At the end of the day, it's been a deep drive to the left field by Castellanos, and we'll see you next time. And no, fuck, and we are gone. I don't even get the intro. Whatever. You guys are going to see all that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.